Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. I want to preach this morning on guarding your faith. I want to preach this morning on how to guard your faith. Your faith is one of the most important things you have in Jesus Christ. Uh, we accepted Jesus Christ by faith. It's that faith we're saved by grace through faith, not of works. So your faith is what is, is so essential to you accepting Jesus Christ and, and keeping your faith guarded and keeping your faith grounded. We're not saved by feelings. We're not living our life as Christians by our feelings. Amen? If you're living your life by your feelings, you're, gonna, you're in a mess. The root of your salvation is not your feelings. Do I feel good this day or do I feel bad this day? Your root of your salvation is your faith in Jesus Christ. That's where it is. It's your faith in Jesus Christ. And if you're trying to wake up every morning and say, well, I just don't feel good today. Or I, if I don't feel it today. You're not going to feel it every day. Amen. You're going to have, maybe you have a headache or maybe you don't feel very good or maybe the, the, there's a bill you need to pay and you just, whatever is on your heart, you're not going to always have that feeling, that good, that great heart feeling you, you're thinking you should have. But that's not Christianity. Christianity is not about feelings. It's about faith. Faith. If you have any kind of good feelings, it's the Holy Spirit in you working out of you, producing that fruit of love and joy and peace. But you don't want to live off feelings, you want to live by faith. So faith is very, very important. We need to learn to guard our faith because like here in verse 1, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, it shows here that you can depart from your faith. You can depart from your faith. And I'm here to tell you, that's what a lot of people have done over the years. They'll have a faith in Jesus Christ. They'll be grounded in the faith. And then when they get into something some happens in their life or whatever starts happening, and here it says that they depart from the faith because they were giving heed. To seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. You can depart from your faith because you're giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So the first thing I want to tell you about this morning and warn you about when it comes to guarding your faith is you need to guard your faith because you can depart from the faith when you give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Notice it says in the latter time. And we're living, my friends, in the latter time. We're living in those latter times the Bible talks about. Everything is set up for the Antichrist to come in. And we talked about that in Sunday school. The world system is set up. The banking system is set up. The religions are set up. The, uh, the Catholic Church is set up. Everything is getting set up for the Antichrist to show up. All he needs to do is show up now. That shouldn't scare you. That should make you happy. That means we're just this much closer to seeing Jesus Christ. Amen. You can take this world. This world's not my home. Whatever you want to do, do with it. I'm waiting for Jesus Christ to come back. You know, uh, Jesus Christ was talking in the gospel, specifically in Mark chapter 9. And he's casting out this devil out of this little kid. And the dad was there. And Jesus Christ asked the dad, he said, uh, do you believe? And that man said something very important. And the Bible says the man said it with tears. He said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. You hear what he's saying? Yeah, I believe, but boy, I need some help with my unbelief. That's how we're all in here. We all have faith in Jesus Christ, amen. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, there's a time you put your faith in Jesus Christ. But some of us, we need help with our unbelief. And I'm one of them too. 
There's times when you go, I need some help. Lord, I believe with tears, but help thou mine unbelief. So you've got to be really careful not to be seduced by spirits and doctrines of devils. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. The devil's prophets are out there. The devil's ministers are out there. There's these people that are leading them. They might be knocking on your door tomorrow. They go by Jehovah's Witness. Maybe it's two young men knocking on your door. Maybe it's some Mormons. Maybe they're seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And you've got to be careful of that. And you've got to guard your faith. You can't give heed. You, how do you know? The first thing you've got to do is stick with the book. Amen. I, know it's, I know I see this all the time. But I said all the time because it's true. You've got to stick with the words of God. If you stick with the words of God, you can't get thrown away to some other false doctrine, some other seducing spirit. Look, the Bible's going to tell you exactly what to do and how to test if a spirit's from God or not. Turn to 1 John chapter 4. The Bible's not quiet about this. The Bible tells you. The Word of God tells you how to test a spirit. So here's the advice I can give you this morning when it comes to departing from the faith from a seducing spirit. You say, well, how do I know if this spirit is from the Lord? Or how can I test the spirit, Brother Keegan? Well, the Bible tells us in 1 John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Turn to 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Let's see what the Word of God says about how to test out a spirit. You know, we have the Holy Spirit. That lives in us, every born again believer. But there's other spirits that move across this world. There's the spirit of Antichrist. There's, a, there's a, all kinds of different types of spirits that move and work in a spiritual realm in this world. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Here's some advice John is going to give you about the spirits. Beloved, when he says beloved, he's talking to born again believers. Beloved, believe not every spirit. That's just good advice. First thing you need to know, don't believe everything you hear. I had this one woman tell me, the Bible says that babies go down to the little place and they're, they're held there until later on. I'm like, where's that at in the Bible? I never said, show me. And guess what she couldn't do? She couldn't show me. So you know what I did? I didn't believe it. I mean, if she could have showed me, I would have read it and said, well, hey, I've never seen that before. Don't believe everything you hear. Well, my grandmother says it's in the Bible. That's what my mama's taught me. That's what my Sunday school teacher taught me. That's what my preacher taught me. Don't believe a word I say. Believe what the Bible says. I might could fool you. Do you know when I was teaching Sunday school years ago, I said some stuff that wasn't right? And I had to come back and apologize for it? But that Sunday that I was teaching in Sunday school, I thought I was right. And it took the Lord shaking me up to show that I was wrong. So don't believe everything I say. Believe the book. Believe the book. Amen. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Many false prophets. There's a lot of people who try to fool you. There's a lot of people that will lie to you. There's all kinds of stories in the Bible where prophets will lie to each other. Flat lie. And say, God told me to tell you this. And God didn't tell them to tell you this. So you've got to stick with the book. You've got to know. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Hereby, hereby, verse 2, hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Here's how you can tell. Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye have heard that it should come and even now... Already is it in the world. Are they willing to confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh? What does that mean? 
That means if they're willing to confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, God manifest in the flesh. It's not enough everybody can admit there was a man named Jesus that lived years ago. What this verse is talking about is this is a man named Jesus that's God manifest in the flesh. He's God walking around. I can only do those things that, that God does. I can only say those things that my Father say. I can only do those things that my Father does. All those things that Jesus Christ is confessing that He's got God living in Him. He's God manifesting the flesh. He's God walking around in the flesh. That's the Spirit of God that will conf confess these things. Guess what? You're going to be surprised to find this out when you get that knock on your door from a Jehovah's Witness. You know what? They will not confess to you. They say that Jesus Christ is not God manifesting the flesh. When you get that knock on the door from a Mormon, what they call a missionary, one of the elders that's like 17 years old, or 18, 19 years old, when he knocks on the door and you ask him, is Jesus Christ God manifest in the flesh? You know what he will tell you? No, he's not. That makes them coming from a spirit of antichrist. That's why, they're, that's why you say, why don't we call them a cult? You know, we don't call the Methodists a cult. Or we, don't, you know, we, we don't call the Presbyterians a cult. But why don't we call the Jehovah's Witness and the Mormons? That's the, what separates out the spirit. They got a different spirit. And what's amazing is they got a different spirit. And then when you sit down with them and talk to them about the Bible and they get out their little versions and they get out their different ways of looking at things, you start finding out this isn't even the same Jesus. <laughs> you got to test the spirits. Because if you're not careful, they'll come along and seduce you. Seducing spirits. So many people think the devil shows up. He's going to kill you. Man, the devil shows up as the sweetest, kindest, gentlest old man to seduce you. He's going to show up and he's going to love on you. He's going to tell you how much he loves you. He's going to seduce you. That's how you seduce somebody, amen? You don't show up beating them over the head or scaring them or having a pitchfork and breathing fire. It's a seducing spirit. It's a doctrine. A doctrine is a religious teaching. A doctrine of devils speaking lies and hypocrisy. We as Christians need to guard our faith not to be drawn into this. You know what I found out a lot? And I know I hit on this a lot, but you know what I found out a lot about Jehovah's Witnesses? Most of them are ex-Baptists. They grew up in a church that didn't have the Bible, that didn't have a grounding of the Bible, that didn't have a, 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 something that grounded them, and they get drawn into this cult. They get drawn into it. What happened to them? They didn't guard their faith with the Word of God, and they have departed from the faith. They gave up on it. Watch that stuff. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5. Let's look at another one. 1 Timothy chapter 5. We need to guard our faith. It's very important, guys, to guard your faith. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. Let's go back to 1 Timothy. Most of these are found in 1 Timothy. We need to guard our faith. Because you can depart from your faith if you give heed to seducing spirits. And here's another one. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. But if any, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house... He hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. You can got to guard your faith because there comes a time where you can deny your faith. See that in there? He had denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. 
You need to guard your faith because you need, if you don't guard your faith, you can deny it. How do you deny it? How is that guy denying the faith? He's denying the faith because his works don't show his faith. His works don't show his faith. You as a Christian, if you're saying you're a Christian, then you need to show that you're a Christian. How can you say you're a Christian and you love your family and you don't go out and provide for your family? Man, you know how many people tell me, I love you, I love you, and they wouldn't spit on me if I was on fire. But you know how many people that have never told me they love me but show me they love me? I'd rather you show me you love me than to tell me you love me. I'm going to challenge you. Show me, open up your Bible sometime, go looking for the words of Jesus Christ, and show me where Jesus Christ is telling everybody he loves them. Think about it. Read through the Gospels and show me where Jesus Christ is saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. Show me. But you know what you'll come back and tell me? You know what? He didn't say it a lot, but he did it a lot. He didn't come around saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. But he showed he loved them. He showed he loved them. Listen, your faith needs to have some works involved. And we're not talking about salvation. Your faith is by grace, not of works, amen. But your works will show your salvation. Your works will show. Look, Jesus Christ said every tree is known by his fruit. What kind of fruit are you producing? Does your neighbor know you're a Christian? Does your family know you're a Christian? Surely your family knows you're a Christian. Here's a testimony you can have. If your neighbor goes out today, and I know everybody's in here, sitting in here this morning. If your neighbor goes out today and they look at your house and your car's gone, what do you think they're going to think? You're at church. You give a testimony that this man or woman is at church. You're showing that you have faith in something. They don't know what, they might know what church you're at, but you're at church, amen. And that shows that you've got a testimony. You know the old saying, everybody's heard that. If they put you on trial, for being a Christian, where they find enough evidence to convict you? <laughs> and they took you up to the courthouse, put you on trial for being... And this might come sooner than we hope. This man is a Christian. We'll prove it. Well, he come over to my house. I'm his neighbor. And he came over to my house, and he invited me to church. And he asked me if I knew Jesus Christ. And then he might bring in somebody else, put, you on, put him on testimony stand and say, Well, I was at work, and I was minding my own business, and I was sitting there talking to him at break time. And he said, You know, the Lord's been so good to me. I sure am thankful the Lord sent us some rain. He was talking about the Lord. Could they do that for you? Would they convict you? Or would they put you on standing? The neighbor says, oh, I've never seen him at church. He never mentioned God, never mentioned Jesus Christ. They bring some people from work and say, he's a good old boy. He, he told every dirty joke I knew. He did this and he did that. He went out drinking with us. I never knew he was a Christian. I'll never forget I was in this room. And I was around some young guys. They're all drinking. They're all doing things they shouldn't be doing. And I was in there. And one of them said, hey, Keegan. He goes, hey, Keegan, won't you, won't you let me, won't you let me give you a beer? And this guy didn't know me. He just met me this night. And, the, uh, and I looked over there. And a friend of mine that was there, he knew exactly how I felt about drinking. And the look on his face like, uh-oh. And I said, no, man, I don't want to drink. I'm a Christian. And this other guy on the couch was sitting there. And he goes, I'm a Christian too. And I left the house. I thought, man, I sure couldn't have known it. I'm not saying the guy's lost. The guy might, he might have accepted Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that. But how am I supposed to know? To me, he's denied the faith. His works are not showing that he's a Christian. We should be showing people that we're Christians. We shouldn't be telling people we're Christians, amen? Our works should be showing, not, not saying, well, I, I'm a Christian. So say, man, I, you don't have to tell me you're a Christian. I can see it all over you. 
I can see it in the way you live your life. I can see it in your attitude towards people. I can see it in how you love on people. You don't have to, don't have to tell me. The people know I love them. I don't have to tell them I love them. They know I love them because I try to love on them. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Let's close in James chapter 2. Hmm. This is a bad one. I hate to, I hate to even turn over here because this is bad on me. James chapter 2. And we'll close here. James chapter 2, verse 14. Your faith, your faith, you need to guard your faith because if your faith is not showing people that you have a belief in Jesus Christ, you're denying it. When you have a chance to talk about the Lord to somebody and you have an opportunity to open your mouth, maybe at work or maybe at Walmart, wherever you're at, you have an opportunity to open your mouth for Jesus Christ and you don't do it, you've denied the faith. I'm not saying you're going to hell. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm just saying you have a faith that you need to guard. And you need to have opportunity to put it out there. You need to have opportunity not to depart from it, not to deny it. And your faith should have some works involved in it. It should show. Now see what happens when we turn to James chapter 2, verse 14. Man, this is where all the people that think that, you, that you're saved by works, they love to roost right here. They're like birds and owls. They love to roost right in here. You talk to a Jehovah's Witness, they're going to take you right to this verse right here. You've got to have works. You've got to have works. You've got to have works. This is in the sight of men. This is so I can know you're saved. God knows everybody's heart in here. And you know what? I don't know if you're saved in here this morning, but God does. He knows your heart. But I can tell you one thing. If you come and talk to me and ask me about certain people, I'll say, I know they know the Lord. And they'll say, how do you know? Because I've seen it work out in their life. I've seen their faith by the works that they do. It proves to me that they love the Lord. They've stuck their neck out for Jesus Christ. And when you stick your neck out for Jesus Christ, I tend to believe that maybe you're a Christian, amen? But when I've never seen you stick your neck out, I've never seen you do something for the Lord, I've never seen you attend church, I've never seen you with the Bible, I've never seen you mention the Lord, and then you come up and tell me, I'm a Christian, I I don't see any fruit on that tree. And Jesus Christ says, every tree is known by its fruit. I'm not saying you're lost, I'm just saying, how is men supposed to know? And that's what James is talking about. You'll know your faith is not dead, they'll know about your faith by the works you're doing. Look at verse 14. What doth it profit, my brethren, that a man, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? Yes, it can. We know faith saves you. We know this is... So we're getting into some tribulation passages here. But we're also getting into some passages here that have to do with being in the sight of men. Because look at verse 15. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food... uh Uh-oh. So we have a brother or sister that don't have any food, they don't have any clothes... And one of you say unto them, verse 16, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Amen, amen, amen. Uh, Brother Keegan, yes, sir. Uh, man, I, I really need some help. and I, uh, Man, my family wouldn't have any food. and I, I, uh, I, I'm just in a really bad spot. I'll be praying for you. How's that helping anybody? Guys, sometimes you're going to have to, I know this this is going to hurt you. Sometimes you're going to have to reach in your back pocket and say, here, let me see if I can help you. You say, well, brother, they're going to go spend that on beer. Well, be wiser than a serpent, harmless as a dove. Close up your wallet and say, you know what, you need some food? Let me go back here and give you some. 
I've got a loaf of bread. I've got some. I got some. Uh, something I give you. That's what James is talking about. Don't just talk about it. Live it. You know what I love about Jesus Christ? He not only talked the talk, he walked the walk. Amen. And so many Christians I know they talk the talk, but man, I'm not seeing a lot of walking going on. It's real hard, and I think, you know what? You're denying the faith. Christianity is about doing. Christianity, if you could sum up Christianity in one word outside of the name of Jesus Christ, if you can, and, and the action of Christianity, it's others. Others. It's not about me. It's about others. And as a Christian, we think on others. Somebody's hurting, we go try to help them out. And listen, guys, when you do some of these things, it's not easy. Amen? We're not talking about this is not a life of being... Christianity is not an easy life to live. It's easy to do the wrong thing. It's easy to deny. It's easy to make up excuses, justify why you don't want to help somebody out. Amen? You ask my wife, it was like three... And I'm not bragging or anything. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, it was like three weeks ago. I was getting home at 1.30. 1.30, 2.30 in the morning from, pick, from picking somebody up from the hospital. Needed a ride home. They didn't have a ride home. I picked them up and had to get back up at 6 in the morning and go to work. But I felt like that's what the Lord Jesus Christ would have me to do. Amen. Not because I don't want to get any glory. It's because Jesus Christ gets the glory. And I told them, they said, we thank you so much. I said, no, thank the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about him. I don't want anybody to say, he's a Christian, but I sure can't tell him. Man, that's a sad, sad statement. Okay, look at verse 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. So the question you need to ask you this morning, as we get into here to closing is, is your faith dead? I'm not talking about your faith in Jesus Christ if you're going to heaven or hell. We're not talking about eternal security. We know we're eternally saved, but your faith, that you've got to guard your faith. Is it practically dead? Is it on life support? Does anybody know about your faith? Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. He says here, he says, you know what? You say you have faith in Jesus Christ, but I don't see any works. He says, I'll show you that I have faith in Jesus Christ. Look at the way I live my life. Thou believest that there is one God, verse 19, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. See that? You know how many people I run to like that? Uh, you, know, you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yeah, I went to church. I didn't ask that. Have you ever took, received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Yeah, I believe in God. I didn't ask you that. The Bible says the devils believe and tremble. Did not we just not read that? No, the Bible says you're a fool if you don't believe in God. Any fool can believe in God. But I didn't ask you that question. The question I asked you, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You start wondering when you see these people that have no works, they have no, you don't ever see anything about Jesus Christ manifested in their life. And you know what starts happening to me? So I start wondering. Man, are they really saved? I've heard preachers say, I, could, I wish, I've heard preachers say this, and I can't say this, but I've heard preachers say, I only wish that half my congregation was saved, that I knew for it. Man, that's a sad statement. You know why he said that to me? He said that because he doesn't see any works. Guys, let me say something to y'all. Every funeral I've had to preach outside of a couple, 
Every funeral I've had to preach, especially uh, Sister Winnie, people like that. You know how easy it is to preach a funeral like that? Someone who has faith and works, that their faith has been manifested out with works. You know, when I'm preaching Sister Winnie's funeral, she said, I don't know how people get along without Jesus Christ. Amen. Man, you know how easy that is. And then I preached funerals work. Yeah, he was 11 years old. And he was at this church camp. And they said he accepted the Lord. And here he is in his 60s. And there's been no fruit. There's been nothing. You know how hard that is? Try to pull some kind of fruit out of thin air that's rotted and don't look very good. And say, yeah, he's a Christian. Look at this. Then to pull up a basket full like Sister Winnie. Pull up a basket full of fruit. And say, here we go. Tell me that's not a Christian. Man, if I preach your funeral, am I going to be able to preach you as a Christian? Or am I going to have to just... Man, that'd be sad. I hope whoever has to preach my funeral, I hope they say, you know what? Keegan wasn't a very good person. I heard Keegan did this and Keegan did that. Nobody could stand up and not. But I want them to say, but I know one thing about Keegan Hall. He loved Jesus Christ. What a testimony. I'd love to have that testimony. I don't know if I'll get it, but I would love to have it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the faith, Lord. And uh, Lord, a lot of us believe, but Lord Jesus, help our unbelief. Through your Holy Spirit, Lord God, I ask you to help us to believe. Have more faith, Lord God. Help us to guard our faith that we won't depart from it and we won't deny it, Lord. Lord, give us an opportunity to do some work for you. Through your Holy Spirit, Lord God, we can work out some stuff, Lord God, and uh, maybe some other people, our neighbors, our friends, our loved ones, our family will see you in us and know that we love you and that we've trusted in you, Lord God, and that our faith will be alive. And our faith won't look dead to the world. Our faith won't look something we just talk about, but that we live it. And we want it to be real to us, Lord God. And we, want, we know you're real. We want to live our life like you are alive, like you really are. That you're in heaven right now like you really are, Jesus. And that you're coming back. And we can't wait. We want to live our life day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, knowing that these things are a truth and we believe them with all our heart, Lord God. Lord, I ask you to let other people see you in us. Father, if there's somebody need the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ, they've never put their faith in Jesus Christ. I'm asking when we give this invitation, Lord God, you'll speak to the heart. And they'll come down and accept and take and receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior so they can have what I have, Lord God, which is eternal life and a ticket into heaven and to change their path that they were going down into a devil's hell. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for dying for us on the cross of Calvary. Thank you for all these People that love you, they're willing to come out this morning, Lord God, and hear from you. Lord, I ask you to speak to each and every one of them's heart. I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Church, we want to thank you for tuning in this morning, and uh, we're just trying to glorify and lift up the name of Jesus Christ in every way we can, and we hope we were a blessing to you. Now, if you're listening this morning and you're not saved, uh, we want you to be saved. That's our deepest prayer. We're doing all this so people can uh, get the gospel message of the good news of Jesus Christ, and the good news is that he died for your sin, and if you're willing to admit you're a sinner and that you need a Savior, if you go to Jesus Christ in prayer and ask Jesus Christ to save you, he'll come in and save you. Now, honestly, I can tell you, when I've done that jesus christ was the best thing ever happened to me and if you'd like to contact us you can contact us through the web at indiangapbaptist.com it has all our information how to get to our church that's indiangapbaptist.com until next time god bless of all heaven and earth is living